Welcome to Three Leader Thursdays, a Marvel Street podcast. <laughs> yes, uh, coming okay, down can you the hear wire. Me okay, guys. Yeah, we can hear. Nick is coming down the wire from awesome. Newcastle in his man Newcastle cave. Actually, yeah, Morissette. Morissette. So a few k's down the road from Newy, but uh, you you spent the night at Newcastle last night. Yeah, uh, on the hill. Beautiful photos this morning on base camp. Uh, looked awesome there. It was uh, nice to wake up to six degrees, I think it was, and uh, <laughs> but swell was swell was pumping, and I went down and saw the guys at uh, um, the kiosk at Newcastle Beach, and they were all just excited to get in the water. So off we went, went for a surf, and all right. had a chat about had a chat about coffee. Cool. Um, it was cold. I was yeah. wearing like a four three. <laughs> was it windy? What's a four three? The wind was cold. The water, oh, wetsuit, like it's a oh, wetsuit. thickness. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if you're wearing a four that's three, thick. it's cold. Yeah, that, that's like yeah. a Victorian wetsuit. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I have to wear more rubber than most people anyway, but it was cold mm-hmm. outside. Yeah. Just the wind. Have you always been one of those people that just gets cold in the water? Like my brother's like that. He he'll wear a springy all through summer. I'm hopeless. Yeah. Low Absolutely body fat. Hopeless. Yeah. Low body, body fat, fat doesn't help. Hey. No. Mm. no. My my, bro- my brother-in-law Dan's lost a, lost about ten kilos, and now he gets it. He's like, oh, now I totally understand. <laughs> you get cold. I'm like, yes. Yeah. 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 But yeah. um, um, how are you guys? Good, yeah, good. Yeah, great, here man. we are again. Um, had a pretty good week. Cool. Lots of uh, lots of just coffee business. New coffee's coming in, coffee's leaving. A um, couple of nice people at the cupping this week, which is fun. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And we've got a pretty coffee cool... Coffee tasting good on the table? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was great. Hey? Well, it was, uh, Ellie Berta was probably stand out oh, again, along with the, the Kenyan, but... On the cupping table, that was outstanding. Just, that, yeah. That, when I got that, to that Aliberto filter bowl, it was like, oh, wow, yeah. Mm. Absolutely singing, man. Um, uh, it's good. I'm, I'm, glad that, I'm glad that the last of it was amazing. And, yeah. uh, great coffee. But it was a great table all in all. Like, you know, everything yeah. was just tasting really good. Um, the Kenya is going to be amazing. Like, I'm yeah. really excited to go on that journey for it's the a, next few months. It's a pretty... Um, Unique Kenyan as well, just or just not your typical like. It's so well rounded, and you know, it's it's not a punch in the face sort of coffee, or it's not even crazy bright. It's just you know really smooth I had a double and espresso. subtle citrus. Did you have espresso? I had double espresso. Yeah, well, um, I turned up to more this morning, and Pim served me a double espresso of, a, and I didn't know what it was. And the first mouthful was like, oh wow, that's amazing, and it was, it's like that's Kenyan. And yeah. I realised it was the Mawati, not Mawati. Was it the the Mathungini? Um, Mathungini. It's and, like um, orange sherbet as espresso. I had one here. Yeah, there. it's like sherbety and yeah, it's beautiful. It's mm. beautiful. And um, uh, their water filtration could be better, but um, the coffee was still outstanding. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Cool. So um, nice, awesome. Yeah. Other than that, it's been a pretty. Standard week here. Yeah. Just trucking along. We sent some coffee back to Lewis Etier or to Mark at Caravella and he's gonna send it. Uh, I saw that note. Yeah. Yeah. Sent it on to Lewis and um we got uh 
spent some time with one of the local ladies opening a cafe as well, just around the corner from us. So um, she's due to kick off early next week. Uh, So that's exciting. Cool. Cool. Sounds like it's a bit of action. Yeah, mm. what's going that on? Like, that, that sounds like Perry leaving the roastery. <laughs> you hear that? <laughs> no, that's your bike. Gabe's riding. <laughs> yeah. I think it would sound different if Gabe was riding my bike. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, the, the trip down here has been good. Um, um, been drinking lots of great coffee. Um, he's about to hit Sydney. So excited about that. Excited to see all the Sydney accounts and excited about tomorrow, Friday morning. Aussie coffee is going to be released. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've got um, definitely Tom Cooney, who's up in, in Queensland. He's going to make a, a coffee. He's going to make an espresso. Cruz said they were in. James Nanaskis at, at Schiff said they're in. Bailey uh, said they're in. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everyone's in on it to brew, yeah. brew coffee. And I think 8 a.m. might be a bit of a push to do a post while everyone's busy, but I said, like, let's aim for midday or something and everyone make yeah, coffee yeah. And, and just put it up on, on social media of some sort and just celebrate yeah, cool. an, an awesome. interesting time. I, 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 sent, uh, I sent the photo to Billy of the the, 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 the pack shot. Sick. Also told him that online for sale it was $80 a kilo and he was excited about that and good to see that his hard work's been rewarded. So Yeah, awesome. Awesome. So, um, it's awesome, right? Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully this year, you know, he just pushes forward and, the coffee's better again. That'd be great. But, yeah, you know, I'm happy. I'm happy with the quality that's produced this year. So, grateful for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. So, um, 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 and what what's been in between, um, y- Yamba and Newcastle? Uh, as in, as in cafes. Just, yeah, everything. What did you do between? Oh. I think the last time I spoke to you, maybe you were stopping in Port Macquarie, though. Actually, yeah, we kind of really just been working on as far as like we probably do like three or four hours of work a day um computers and stuff um uh haven't really been going into cafes at all just been brewing in the car yeah uh, and just brew and just going so about the last cafe before newcastle that we visited was uh yamba leche mm. um so um uh, yeah family time work Cool. Uh, been strategizing, uh, you know, the next year for us, next two years for us. Can't, can't wait to share that with you. Awesome. Um, um, yeah, it's been good to get away and 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 write down some thoughts. I bought, I Joe, you'd like this. I bought a notepad and a pen. Oh, you're kidding me! <laughs> <laughs> paper, paper. Don't do paper, man. <laughs> Lin- Linda was like, "Are you actually using a pen?" Did you know like, pens cause cancer? Right, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they do if you eat them. <laughs> um, so yeah, so um, uh, yeah, been brewing coffee, you know, in a plunger, um, keeping it really simple, pre-ground coffee from Lecce, and just been brewing coffee in a plunger, keeping it really simple. And then the water in the in the van's filtered and goes through a best max, so it's the water's super good. Awesome. Um, um, but you know, tomorrow's the day. Um, did you guys ship some coffee for me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you got a, a little box of samples and cupping bowls and spoons. Great. And Thank you. a couple of bags of coffee um, just for for drinking. Thank you. No worries. Do you want Thank pre-ground? You so is it already gone? 
Uh, I think right. you can grind it somewhere. I'll, I'll only cup somewhere where there's an EK, so hopefully we'll uh, hopefully we'll be in Cronulla this week, uh, Friday, I think. So drop into the boys at Ham and then down at Buck Hamlin and um, James at Audley Dance Hall. Uh, and then we'll do the north side as well, Barefoot and all those guys. Um, mm. So I'll try my best to get out there and do some events. Um, I better organise it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Fergie said he had a good time at Ham the other night. He said he wants to do more of that as well. He said everyone oh, yeah. was just... Um, oh, yeah. Everyone was, you know, young and really keen to learn and just, just enthusiastic there. So he had a great night. Um, like to do some more of this stuff on the Gold Coast too because it's so close to us. It's yeah. a great market. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so um, Fergie maybe need to come up and spend some time on the Gold Coast, eh? Yeah, he's yeah. going to actually talk to you about that. He wants to book a flight for July or something. Um, what was that? Come up. No. Fergus wants to come up in July at some oh, point. Yeah. yeah. Just, just for a week or something? Yeah, I don't know. Just come up and hang out and... Yeah, I, I texted him the other day. So I, I think it's time you came and visited. Yeah. So, awesome. Um, cool. I believe you've got some questions for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a pretty interesting topic this week. Um, some of you may know, I don't know if you have friends with Nico on Facebook, on his personal account, he decided to uh, relinquish the probat, the roast, one of the, you know, the second roast uh, of the, the Holy Street. Yeah, the Holy Grail. Holy Grail. Yeah, it was kind of like the the start of the. When you when you said that you're selling the probat, I nearly fell off my seat because uh, it, it, you've deliberated over this for some time, or pretty much since the lowering. And uh, yeah, we yeah. we literally since we got the lowering dialed, we haven't turned it on. Yeah, but uh, it was always that grinder, <coughs> that grinder, that roaster that you couldn't let go either. Yeah. So. Well, it's a beautiful roaster. It is, you know, it, and it's like a vintage car, in the in the sense that, you know, there's there's emotional attachment. There's definitely more emotional attachment to that roaster than there is to the Loring, right? Yeah. Um, so so we've roasted so much coffee on it, and it's done so well for us. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, it's been instrumental. Yeah, but, as, but you know, as... we just we we're just not a big we're just not a big roastery. We're just not a big business. It's like we don't have the volume to fill both roasters and and um, you know I said the other day it's like the Loring could be a great production roaster because it's very very consistent and then the Probat you could do singles on mm. you know but we just don't have that volume um, um, and there's also and, a risk involved in roasting the singles on, on the Probat like it roasts beautiful coffee but from time to time there was just things that like was sort of out of your control with it, you know. Whereas yeah, you're much more it, in control it, with. It's alone. like it's like cook, it's like cooking in a controlled oven, like a lamb roast, or or cooking a lamb roast on an open flame barbecue. Like, yeah, it's the same deal, right? Like, you know, you, sometimes you're going to get it right, and other times you're not. But in a convection oven, you're going to get it right pretty much every time. Yeah, you know, if you know the recipe, mm. um, and yeah, so. So yeah, you know, you know. Again, we're small business, so the the money. I just see the money sitting there, um, and we could spend it on the roastery. You know, fitting out the room you're sitting in right now into a retail space and really doing that well. Um, uh, and you know, quality control bar, finishing that off, buying some better equipment, maybe some more better bagging machines, um, solar on the roof air conditioning 
um, for for the cool room for um, for the green coffee. There's so many things we can do. Yeah. And I don't have that. Well, Marvel Street doesn't have that cash at hand to do those things. But you know, to to sell the roaster sounds like a good idea. To to then make the, the business better. So it's definitely more of a business move. It's an emotional move. I just restore it and keep it there and look at it because it's such a beautiful machine. Yeah. Yeah, it is beautiful. Yeah, we'll, it really is. We'll post some photos up for everyone to see if they haven't seen it before. Yeah, it's uh, like, it's, you know, around. if there was a cartoon character of a of a coffee roaster, it would be it, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. The Felix a, the cat yeah. of coffee roasting. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Everyone, everyone comments on it when they come in, and uh, yeah. they're, they're, I think probably more people comment on the probat than comment on the lorry. And yeah. then that, the immediate uh, follow up to that is like, what is like, what's the age difference between these two? And people nearly fall over when you tell them that the probat is like circa nineteen sixty. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like yeah. I. I kind of I can see there's a difference, but what? Yeah. Are you serious? It's well, that. The, that yeah. big. Well, have we let everyone know that doesn't know the Probat? We've bought this obviously vintage coffee roaster that was a 1960s Probat. Uh, Probat's the brand. Um, Made in uh, Germany. Yeah, Germany. I yeah. think when when um, Germany had a lifetime warranty and everything. And again, like my knowledge on Probat isn't strictly research. It's just what I've heard from people that know more about coffee races than me. So I'm not sure if it's 100% correct, but just pulling things out of my mind that I know um, people have told me that I respect. So, I've, you know, back in the day, I think Germany had um, uh, um, a lifetime warranty on some of their products. You know, they produced out of Germany. You know, they were the king of producing great stuff. Oh, man. They were, um, the, yeah, the king of manufacturing just yeah, beautiful things yeah. that work well engineered well, well look exceptionally good. well yeah. it exceptionally certainly well. looks like it would last forever mm. like i was i was chatting with one of the local farmers i think i think in. after the war it's just like all right we've got to build stuff that can last those things yeah it looks it, like <laughs> it, it looks the war it looks bomb proof yeah um is it what uh it weighs a ton or it weighs a ton. ton wow yeah ton. yeah it's thousand kilos you know and uh um so, you know, when I wanted to buy that roaster when we first started. So, what, what, why did you want that? Why did you want that roaster? That was the roaster to have, right? It was, you know, you know, it was kind of the beginning where, from that I could see that everyone was, you know, using vintage roasters. So there's Bath and there's Probat and there's, uh, um, um, yeah, I suppose there's Deidre as well, but generally the Bath and the Probat for the, are the, you know, are the ones that are highly sought after. So if you go like to Intelligentsia, they're roasting in, in Chicago, it's full of all these old vintage Probats, you know, G45s, you know, UG22s, UG15s, and the numbers after the letters are basically the, the, the capacity of the roaster. Um, and 22 kilos, just that perfect size roaster that fits for uh, a small roastery, a profitable roastery. Like, you know, anything under 25 kilos, it's a 12 kilo, you're going to roast, you know, more batches. Mm. Um, uh, so the 20, UG22, I mean, maybe it's the, I don't know, I don't know maybe because it sounds like an AK-47, I don't know. 
<laughs> you know, like it was it, it definitely the roast and a half. Yeah. Um, and does it well. Like it just done it does it so well, given that it's such an old roast. I mean, you know, you, you'd open that door and all the coffee would come out, and there wouldn't be one bean left in it. Yeah. 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 I used yeah, to. I used to marvel no at blackies. that. Yeah, no blackies. Yeah. No blackies. Yeah, I would always marvel at how it all just spilled out into the cooling tray and there's not like half a dozen still tumbling around. You know, you put that roaster on a level floor and 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 it is like a millimetre out of level with the drum facing forward down so that the coffee all comes out. That's why the trier falls out when you let it run. Yeah. Definitely. Slightly <laughs> yeah. facing forward. Whereas the new roasters have feet that you adjust that with. You know, this doesn't have feet. You just put it on a level floor and it's exactly how it's supposed to be made. Um, you know, that's an original roaster. And, um, you know, I'd still love to roast on it, but maybe if we had our own cafe that we could, you know, but I want to trial that on our, on our customers. You know, I just want to deliver a consistent product to our customers. And that's, that's the, the line in the sand for me. Is that yeah, priorities change. Much, yeah, the solubility consistencies between both roasters is, is, is going to be too high. And, you know, for all of the roasters' shortfalls, the reasons why we bought the Loric. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when you bought it, did it come, like, there's a lot of mods on that roaster now. Like, you've got probes and controllers oh, yeah. and stuff, like... They all look like Nico Kiprios mods. I would say there's very little, very few mods on it, okay. given the mods that you can do to it. Okay. So, so it has one motor that drives a bell. It's beautiful in its design, right? It's got one motor, it drives a bell, and that bell drives the cooling fan, the cooling tray mixer, and the the air pump, which you know draws air through the barrel, and so that all operates off one motor and it's actually quite quiet yeah you know given that right you put it in a big room you can't hear it running oh man like yeah. I, I thought when we bought the lowering that it would be quiet but and it is quiet but when it cools it is like an aeroplane taking remember off when we first fired up the lowering and like, we all looked at each other and we're <laughs> like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah it's fucking loud yeah, <laughs> yeah. Loud. yeah. But so so um, the only thing I've done is some probes in it but only I've always I used I couldn't drill the door or drill anywhere so I just took out things that I could you know so basically I was happy to drill bolts so I'd you know pull a bolt out drill a bolt and put a probe through a bolt and bend the probe rather than drilling the hole in the door mm-hmm. I didn't want to drill, drill you know so and all we did was put a it had a three phase motor on it and out of necessity the the, the last roastery we were in in the Centennial Circuit um, it only had um, single phase power so we put you know what, what's called a variable frequency drive which runs off 240 volt and trans um, uh, transforms it to three phase uh-huh. uh, and in doing so you can adjust the speed of the motor which is perfect because then we could operate um, the roaster at 51 RPM which was important um you know, it's a three-phase motor. If you run that three-phase motor at 60 hertz, it's going to it's going to spin at a different um, um, speed to a, a roaster that 
uh, a power supply that's at 50 hertz and um, we're at 50 hertz here. So, I don't know, I, I didn't do the math on it. I just put the VSD on and then adjusted the speed so that the barrel was spinning where it should spin for the for the volume of coffee that we were roasting, which was 51 RPM. So, so um, um, that's why that mod's on there. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that also had some good safety features too. Like you could press off on the VSD and it'll stop the drum instantly. Like just boom, stop. You know, mm-hmm. um, rather than the motor just free spinning. So imagine if you've got your fingers caught somewhere and you press stop. The drum will just stop. It's got the VFD's got a braking function, which mm-hmm. will stop the motor from spinning. Um, um, you know, and uh, so probes VFD afterburner. I mean, that's that's all we ever did to it. You know. Yeah, you can um, go pretty pretty nuts with automation on them as well, can't you? Like. Yeah, you you can you can put a loader on it. Yeah. You can put a you can put a loader on it. You can put a um, you can put individual motors. For each of the services, so you're going to put four motors on it so that everything's individual, and you can press buttons to make them all work. There's just something beautiful about ro- roasting on an old roaster, how it was meant to be, and, and I think that's part of the art and the craft of um, the artisan kind of approach to roasting coffee. Yeah. Um, certainly, uh, that's going. Yeah, it's just whether we like it or not, it's going. Yeah, you know. It just you know, becomes we, tiresome, we, we, I think. For we some... think we're doing an artisan thing, but actually we're not. You know, it's the artist. You know, the artisan thing for us now is in the flavour. You know, mm-hmm. and how we how we create that, but not in using artisan products. You know, you know. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's there's so much more to just roasting their coffee. There's getting it to the customers and and treating the customers how they wish to be treated and you know there's there's an art in that like you know like totally there's or there's a a way to do that with your own individuality that you know could be you could express that with with all the energy that you use trying to control a an old roaster uh, that's exactly the point you know you pick your battles right and Mm. you know we, we we would prefer to spend our time and our resources servicing our customers and cupping than struggling to, you know, I think I think the probat has it. If we go back a step, I think the probat has a space in a roastery where you're not doing twenty or thirty batches mm. or forty yeah. batches, or if you are doing forty batches, you're doing forty batches of one coffee. Yeah, then you're fine. But then as soon as you want to start doing different batch sizes and you want to offer more coffees and you want to use one roaster to do that, then the lowering's it. Yeah, but you know, we could keep the probat and we could just do like Thunderbird, so darker roast or old school, and we could do those coffees in it. But it just doesn't make sense with the lorry there. We're not big enough to keep both roasters. It just doesn't, you know, it's a luxury that, yeah, mm. I don't think we need. Um, Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Tell us... Uh Tell us how how did you come to buying it and where did the money come from? This is a story behind this. So I, I searched high and low for this roaster. Right? I tried so hard to buy this roaster because they were hard to get. They're still hard to get. And um, I contacted SHP Machinery in England, 
And what year was this? 2011. Yeah. And it uh, might have been 2010. And got in contact with a guy named James Jordan and said, you know, I really want a European, you know, I figured if it came from Europe, it wouldn't be stuffed with. It'd just be original because that's what the Europeans do, right? I just look after it, respect it. Anyway, so um, he ended up finding me one in, um, in Amsterdam. It had been sitting there. Uh, and I rang up my mum and said, hey, mum, can you lend me $55,000? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, that's, you know, I had to ask mum for the money. Yeah. Um, I had no, way, no other way of paying for it. So good. And um, um, paid it off every year. Thanks, mum. Um, and, um, um, uh, yeah, that's basically how it happened. We had it shipped here, had to move premises, you know, kind of move premises on the pretense that we're buying it. It wasn't going to fit into the shop. Mm. You know, kind of set up the HG in the corner and gave, made room for the UG to arrive. Um, um, yeah. And back then it was about 55 grand, I think, Australian total. Yep. By the time we got it in, got it complied and did all that, got it cleaned at customs. Uh, yeah. How good are mums? So good. Thanks, mum. <laughs> and what was the first coffee you roasted on it? Do you remember? Dude, I'm trying to think. I have a feeling, you know what it was? I know exactly what it was. It was a Facenda Albienda Fortaleza Faf. Brazil, from from um, from Brazil. Huh? Yeah. I can't remember the exact lot number, but I do remember that it was a high process natural Brazil. But it was a clean natural back then. You know, mm. so it was he was doing uh, like dried fermentation, right. You know, mm-hmm. dried, you know, um, on raised beds. Uh, that was Philippe Croak. Uh, and I think that was the first batch. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And um, it's quite funny because uh, it was the same time that Ruben Hills was putting in his, uh, was, I think it's a UG, I think it's a G45 with a 22 barrel. And Philippe was out here and we were kind of, I was roasting coffee on mine and then I'd fly to Sydney and, We'd roast some coffee on, on, on Russ's and then we'd cup with Philippe and did, we did that for six weeks. Wow. Trying to get our head around the roaster. Yeah. And, uh, Philippe was great, you know. Um, um, gave us heaps of, um, was he a roaster himself or is he yeah, just yeah. a Yeah, yeah. He was a Q grader and a grower and a roaster. Young guy. I think yeah. back then he was 20, young, low 20s, like 23 wow. or 24 or something. Mm. Um, uh, but, you know, obviously, you know, created the whole FAF thing with his parents. Um, um, but, yeah, that was, and, you know, um, uh, Mark Dunn had one as well. So I was kind of, um, and there was no, there was no ProBat distributor at that point in Australia. For the know. newer ones? Sorry? For like all the new models, the ProBat. Yeah, Probit yeah, yeah. I think, I think Peter, Peter Wolf came <laughs> afterwards, I think. Hmm. 2011, 2012, I think. But yeah, um, but yeah. I just remember cupping the coffee and going from the the HG, which is the Has Guarantee, to the UG. It was just like another world. 
Another world, another, another world of ease. Just the temperature stability. Another world of ease. Probably in the same position you are now. You probably roasted for a week on the pro and like, I'm selling the Asgarante. It's going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Asgarante for sale if anyone wants it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the first fire? Yeah, <laughs> I haven't had a fire in the in the probat. Yeah, okay, that's oh. good. Ever? Wow. Never had a fire, never had a fire in the probat. Um, um, the HG the Hasgarini had a fire in that. Um, oh, dude, that was heavy. Fire brigade came. The street was like full of fire. Yeah, that was in madness in town. It was madness. And I just Linda stood by me the whole time. She was just amazing. She just handing me buckets of water and throwing it down the chimney. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Did you just? No, on the Hasgreeny, there's a hot spot in the in the in the flue, or like in the in the chaff collector, where you can't clean. You actually can't get there unless you want to hurt yourself. You want to hurt yourself? You've yeah. got like some sort of double jointed elbow. Um, so anyway, anyway, so we couldn't clean it, and we got had two fires in a row, two weeks in a row. I thought I cleaned it, and then after that, I just fitted a quencher to the top of the roast. Um, never had a fire again. We just literally turned the quencher on between every roast. Basically, what the Loring does now, we did manually on the Hasgaranti. Yeah, and that's and that sorted that out. Um, also increased the air, better the air quality because you weren't getting all that chaff blown around in the chaff collector mm. um, and we never never had a fire in the in the in the UG never awesome you know Mark Shaw once decided that he wanted to clean the flues and I told him that if you get the flu temperature to 700 degrees it'll clean itself <laughs> <laughs> so you can I don't have to tell you anymore. We just had to turn the hate has guarantee. I mean, the, this was on the probat. The, the fire wasn't in the actual roaster. It was in the actual flu. Yeah. Right. And um, so, we're, you know, he got the, the roaster really hot, like 350 degrees, and then, and then opened the door to add more air. And, you know, and then, and then I was like... We have a fire. Anyway, <laughs> I ran outside and there's fucking plumes of smoke coming out of the top of the chimney. I'm like, and Mark's white, like his face is white. <laughs> <laughs> and it, anyway, so we we kept the roaster running because you don't want to turn off a hot roaster. Closed the door, closed off everything, all the air out to put the roaster on extern because you can do that, and so it's not pumping air, right? And we stood outside and watched the fire, like plumes of smoke come out of the top of the chimney. And like at one stage, there was an explosion actually inside the flue. And I think that's when the vapors actually get so hot, the vapors actually expand. Yeah. It's like a plume. At the same time, flames came out of the top of the flue. Oh, my and, God. And I was, I was like, I reckon that's the end of it. <laughs> I don't think there's any more fire after that. Yeah. Were you and, like, uh, did you have fire brigade on the speed dial? You're like, we got this. You know what we did? What? Because we, we, we didn't want to roast in the afterburner with the afterburner because the afterburner costs so much to run. It costs like 300 bucks a week, right? So we just turned the afterburner on. 
and um and burnt it all away and it all it just worked like turning the afterburner on worked like that just because the fire was in the flue yeah. above the afterburner right so it got really hot like eight or nine hundred degrees i think the flue was like red red raw wow. um and uh anyway um no water needed yeah and then we pulled the flues apart just to check if they were clean. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you go? They were clean. They were clean. They were spotless. <laughs> oh, pyrolytic, uh, pyrolytic roaster. Yeah, is that yeah, right? That's, that's, yeah. You know, that's that, that's the story, right? Like, so just clean your flues properly if you're a roaster out there. Don't yeah, do the hard yards. Don't try and burn them clean. Yeah. Mm. Or fit an afterburner as close as possible to the roaster, and that way you don't have to clean the flues. Yeah, right. So, so the next note we've got is most memorable coffee roasting experience on this roaster. Oh, that's easy. That, that's easy, eh? East, Ethiopia Conga. Oh. Two thousand and I guess fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, right. And why so? For sure. Just. The coffee. Uh, it was like one of the one of the first Nordic coffees that came out, mm-hmm. and uh, PCP did this thing where they sent all the coffees out to everyone, uh, all the roasters, and all part of it. I think it was us, small batch seeds, Ruben Hills, and we all got to roast the coffee. They sent the coffee out to us, we roasted it, and then they served it mm-hmm. over like a rotating roster. Cool. And um, that was, I just remember that coffee being awesome. It was like next level. Yeah, yeah. Well, it uh, is. But, but then everything else, right? How many coffees have we roasted? Like, it's probably been we worked, like we worked it out just like in 2017. How many we roasted that year? It was everything. Yeah, somewhere between, it's somewhere between 20 and 40 coffees a year since 2012, I imagine. Yeah, mm. so, yeah. So these, I know, like El Meridianos, El Precios, all the, all those ones from from Colombia. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a hard one, eh? That's a real hard one. But the conga is the one that stands out in, in my mind, even though that I'd prefer to drink a Colombian over an Ethiopian. That coffee stood out. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome last year as well. Mm. That conga lot we had. Yeah. Amazing. Good question. Um, we might have already answered this with the, with the whole fire story in the, in the flute, oh, but what, what, was the, <laughs> what was the most significant lesson you've learned since owning it in the, in the time that you've owned it? Whether it be like uh, uh, roasting or business or just you know, you know what? because of that. You know, I, you know what? I thought that by having the best roaster, vintage roaster in the world, we'd have the best coffee in the world. Like I just thought that would enable us. But to be honest, we could have done it all on the UJ. We could have done it all on the HG. Yeah. Could have just done it on, you know, you just adapt, you know, the principles. Um so the biggest lesson was that from that was that you know we didn't grow exponentially once we bought the the UG. Um, although I didn't buy it for that, I bought it because I loved it. Um, but the lesson there probably was that you don't need the best roaster in the world to roast the best coffee in the world. You just you know um, the hard work's done at the cu- cupping table or the you know yeah you just need to like understand the process. That's mm. more important than having the best tools. You know. Yeah. You, only need, you, only need, you only need the best tools once you once they're holding you back as far as like repeatability and volume is concerned. Do you think right. if you had have gone directly to the Loring, um, obviously it didn't exist 
Uh, I did. I did. I did. Okay. Did yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. if if you could have gone directly to the Loring, would you have learned the same lessons? Would Would Marble no, Street I'd... Coffee be where it is today, or did you need to learn those lessons on a manual roaster? No, manual roasting definitely. You learn a lot. Yeah. You know. And the Loring's come a long way since it first started. Like it wasn't. I think. Wasn't I think that goes there, back to that last statement as well. Like, it's not about the roaster. It's about. It's about your processes. The process, yeah. You know, I don't think that having the Loring, you, know, you still would have done the same things, right? Just the interpretation would be different. Yeah. Um, um, and. Yeah, the biggest things that were probably more like going into coffee cops and doing taste cops and doing aeropress cops and I started doing those. They were, I think they were more significant than actually the roaster because that pushes you to learn. Yeah. You know, so, and yeah, even though I sucked at them, um, I learned heaps. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, and why... Why? What was like? Was there a catalyst to the moving on from it and se- making that decision to sell? Like, I know, obviously, it was from like, the probat. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, you, I know, we said think, that before. It's you, the I, money, but you see the money sitting I think there. You but can was it like that question? Hey, you think I, I think can answer? Can it? Yeah. Oh yeah, I know. When uh, well, you, you well, what day, when right? I started? Oh yeah, yeah. Or well, even before I started, it was like yeah, but that that was the day, right? That day was like you had was like a you know i've had many of those days yeah oh you mean just having a, a an absolute fuck up no, of a, a day a, a fucking bad day behind a manual anything yeah. means that everything's fucked yeah well i think even you before know? that it was it was the before i even started with you i you offered me a job and i said no, no, i said oh how long is it going to take me to learn how to roast coffee and you were just like oh right okay there's a serious problem here if i i can't say to him six months it's got to be quicker than that, and and to to it's not sustainable to, to you know be training someone on on a machine like that and expecting them to come up to speed within a few weeks of doing it, you know. But the the, the last span of an employee in Byron Bay wasn't long enough to teach anyone to roast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, that was that was one of the biggest problems. Yeah. Um, uh, and as you and, say, if we're defined by turning a gas knob to make a line follow another line, then we are doomed. You know, like if 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 you are defining your business by we follow this line the best consistently all the time by manually operating the roaster, then I think if that defines your business, you, you're doomed. You know. It's like saying, like having a linear PB on the bench and a linear classic EE that's completely manual or a Senesa, one of the first ones, the synchronous. And then, you know, which one's going to produce the most consistent espresso? Yeah. Mm. PB. You know, the one that, now, now that we know what we know. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. You know, before, you know, maybe before we used to, anyway. Yeah. Now that we know what we know. Yeah. So, um, so what was the question? Oh, it was, uh, what was the catalyst 
to move on oh, from the pre-rut. Yeah, I, yeah. I just, you know, my frustrations were the, the, the time that it took someone to train, like to train someone to use it, mm. the dangers and risks, you know, obviously. Um, you know, um, but when I think about it, they're the things that also make someone who's roasting a great coffee roaster. Mm. So if you're going to be a great coffee roaster, you've got to do your hot time behind a manual vintage roaster, period. Yeah. yeah. I think you've got to do that, right? Just like if you want to be a great barista, you've got to brew coffee manually at home. You know, you've got to make you, coffees yourself. You've got to not just make espresso. Yeah, you know, if, if, if you want to be a good cyclist, you want to ride as many different bikes as possible. Like whether mm-hmm. it's track, whether it's like mountain biking, all those other disciplines help you ride a road bike better. When it comes to coffee roasting, use as many different roasters as possible. Use use as many different coffees as possible, you know, and understand how applying heat to to, to coffee affects the flavor. Uh, and then you can apply that through food as well, like how you cook and the flavors that you get and, you know, cannibalization and, you know, like if, mm, yeah. you know, don't buy a probat if you smoke cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Give up the cigarettes first, then with the money that you save, buy a probat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, like, you know, there's so many. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like, but yeah, it has its, like I said, if, if we were a multi-million dollar roastery, yeah. uh, we would keep it. So it's yeah. a hard decision. But then likewise, we're asking a premium price for it, you know, so... Yeah, premium price for a premium product, right? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Someone's going to buy it and love it. Yeah. What What would you say to someone if someone came to you today and and wanted advice on buying their first or second roaster? Would you suggest buying a vintage roaster? Buy the one you could afford. Yeah, doesn't matter. If that's a popcorn maker, off you go. <laughs> Just start doing it, right? Yeah. Just start by doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And figure understand it out. the limit. Understand the limitations of your tools, and um, um, once you understand the limitations of your tools, then you can manipulate them um, or work around them, um, and keep moving forward, onwards. You know, like things we did to the UG, the HG. We, like so, well, because we were roasting such small batches to filter an espresso, we didn't want to do a three kilo batch on the UG. So we're using the Hasgaranti. So we try to balance the roasters, which I think we did really well. You couldn't, at, at points you couldn't, at times, there were times where it was difficult to taste the difference between roasters. Mm. Mm. And Mark and I worked pretty hard on, you know, we've got the burner on the HG, which is the Hasgaranti, and lowered it so that the blue part of the flame was just touching the barrel. We adjust the jet so that on 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 the on both roasters so that the, the flame was blue. Um, so then you don't get any gassy flavors, no fuel flavors, right? Yeah. Uh, or less fuel flavors, and then adjust the airspeed so that. And it's all a more consistent cast, flame, right? When it's blue, it's yeah more consistent totally. heat transfer. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And then you know, adjust the airflow so that it extracts enough of the chaff and smoke out but not so much that it pulls all the heat out of the roaster. Mm. You know, so, so we worked really hard on balancing the roasters, you know, to, to one another so we can follow a similar curve. Yeah. 
similar. They weren't the same, but they were similar. You know, you could lay them on top of one another and say, oh, the intention is that you want to achieve the same coffee, but clearly they're different roasters. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. What uh, What's the last coffee you're going to roast on it or we're going to roast on it? The Pro Mat? Yeah. We're going to have to turn I it think- on and get it, get it going, aren't we? We'll have to roast something. Yeah. We should probably roast like some daily grind and release it. <laughs> yeah. Just for fun. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I reckon we should roast one of everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'd be yeah. fun. Yeah. And 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 do it then and now. Yeah. 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 That'd be cool. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Bags bags roasting the singles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, You'll have to have a turn, Joe. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the only roaster I've ever roasted on. Oh, you did use it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, not not extensively. I, I don't consider myself a roaster, but certainly... I you roast, had to go. Yeah, I roasted, I don't know, six weeks. Yeah. Enough to enough to be doing, and, and, doing and it on my own. Yeah. Like Mark, Marky Shaw was always in the room, but... But I had control. Yeah. <laughs> and and we sold those batches. <laughs> they didn't go to fertilizer like <laughs> good. Like, like some of mine did. Yeah. <laughs> I probably didn't roast enough to burn any. But um yeah, I le- that's the only roaster I know how to use. <laughs> sick. It's such a sick roaster. Uh, it was uh, good. Maybe I won't sell it. <laughs> uh, guys I gotta love you and leave you I'm doing an account um, I gotta go see the wonderful people at 100 mile table so um, love you Joe awesome. later man enjoy the coffee menu Thanks. and um, have a great trip say day. send my love to everyone in Sydney and we'll do uh, man later peace see you man peace um, Nico Mikey we're at the, I think that's all the questions I had, but I think that was really fun. Cool, man. Yeah. Great, ro- great roaster. So I want to yeah. get in contact. Get in contact. And, and thanks to everyone who's, uh, you know, put the word out about it, I guess. Scott helped you out and a few other people have put the word out. Yeah, Scott, Scott Reyes put the word out. I think Russ and, and, uh, and Mark. Mark have put the word out. And, um, yeah, definitely um, the right person will come along, you know. Yeah, yeah. It'd be great to if for it to go to someone you. I'd, li- I'd you like know, it to go or, somewhere close so we can go visit it. Yeah, yeah. Or at least That'd drink the cool. you know you know go somewhere where we're going to end up drinking that coffee inadvertently. You know, totally. Like, It'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Cool. cool. Uh, coffee menu. Cool. I'll let you run through it. Yeah. So this week. Um, the espresso menu, we got the Kenya Muthangini on espresso. Um, that's been, I've only had a few of them just here at the roastery. I haven't been out to see anyone yet and, and have any, but tasting beautiful, really big orange flavors, sherbety. Um, and the two Louis Edier coffees, uh, the Katura and, and the Variety Blend. Um, we had a, Joe and I shared a, an espresso of the Variety Blend today. It was really beautiful and chocolatey and pear and melon, really clean. Cool. And on the filter side, we've got our first Ethiopian coffee um, right in before June, which is awesome. Uh, roasted it yesterday. It's from the Kacheri region, Yoga Chef Kacheri. I don't know if I've ever pronounced that right, but um, that's how I say it. And it's uh, it, it was probably... 
I, I say Koshir. Koshir. That's probably that's but, probably right. Oh, I, I, I could be wrong as well. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's a beautiful coffee. It's probably that was the best one out of the three we've bought. So we got one of three. One, two Yuga chefs and one from Guji. Um, and but you know, last year the Guji just started to like really bounced in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the so just because the Koshir is the best one now doesn't mean it's going to be the best one in four weeks' time. No, no. And uh, and the rest of the filter menu is exactly as uh, the same as last week. Uh, Kenya Muthingini, uh, Louis Edia Babon, and the Louis Edia variety blend. Um, Babon's been getting some some great feedback. Just super sweet and beautiful coffee. Yeah, man. It's two bags good, on the way good. to you. Down, at, down good, in Sydney. Thank you, man. Good, good call putting that on um, on filter, eh? Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be uh, gonna be sad to see it go. I think there's only about two boxes left. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, blends staying the same uh, next week. Thunderbird is uh, San Ignacio from Peru, and San Fermin, Colombia. And daily grind is El Paraiso, Colombia, and Los Lorenzos, Colombia. Yep. And that just about does it. I think Joe's computer's about to run out of battery, and we're coming up to f- we're good. Coming up to an hour. It's fifty minutes. Thanks, man. I appreciate your time, and thanks for looking after the place. And I promise to continue to push on with our accounts and make sure we're um, serving everyone as well as possible. Awesome, man. Say hi to uh, everyone for me. Say hi to Fergus, and um, yeah, I can't wait to see those guys. Eh? Yeah, man. They do a great job. Ferguson so we'll uh, we'll probably head over there first. I'll try and get all those coffees you've sent cupped over on that side with Fergus. I'll organise something, maybe up at the Caravella rooms or something. Yeah, cool. Awesome. All right, man. Safe travels. All right, man. Love you. You too, Thanks man. Thanks so much. Bye. Take care. Bye. Oh, hang on. Yeah. Grant Wisely. Cup, honestly, and brew, brew with confidence. With <laughs> <laughs> that was weird without Joe. <laughs> Marvel Street Coffee. Marvel Street Coffee. Drink it. Later, later, bro. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) 